Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement sheet guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, your host, Dr. Kylie. We are going to continue the conversation about the pelvic floor today. Why? Because it's kind of important. Greta Wyeth is the owner of Still Point Movement, who specializes in pelvic floor health and movement in general, and maybe even some Pilates mixed in there. On the lineup today is three things that you didn't know about your pelvic floor. And postpartum urination, you could do something about that. And then some really cool stories of patients that she's been able to work with, including a Cirque de Soleil performer. Performer. I was like, we're looking for the word. There we go. (laughs) All right, Greta, let's dive into this topic. First off, why pelvic floor for you? 
Um, I guess it has to do with my my personal journey. I um I actually used to work as a teacher at uh, a state college, and um I taught anatomy and physiology and general biology, and I had uh, two kids. And after my second son, I got a terrible back injury. I I threw my back out, herniated a disc. It resulted in paralysis of one of my legs. It was horrendous. And this was all at the time when my youngest son was 18 months old. It was really challenging. I have an 18 month old right now. I can't imagine having paralysis of my one leg. Yeah. Not being able to pick him up, just terrible back pain. Anyway, I I wanted to, you know, my background is in science and I wanted to know like, why is this happening to me? What is going on? And so I started reading articles about um, women's health and back injuries in women. And I kind of learned that a lot of the stability and strength that I had lost after my pregnancies came from a lack of strength in my pelvic floor. And so after I worked to make myself better, I really started to specialize in that because I felt like women really didn't have the information to be able to help to heal themselves. Um, And so this was sort of a a little area that was, was lacking for women. And I wanted to share what I had learned. Explain to us what is the pelvic floor? Right. So the pelvic floor is kind of a a group of ligaments and muscles and tendons that all kind of reside within the pelvis. We talk about the pelvic floor as kind of the base of the abdomen or the base of the core, but really it's, it's more like a pelvic bowl and it extends all the way up inside of the pelvis. And um, the pelvic floor kind of works to mobilize and stabilize the base of our core. Um, There are a couple of main muscle groups that are within the base of the pelvis, but the pelvic floor also uh, incorporates the muscles that attach to the spine, muscles that attach to the back of the pelvis, and even hip, hip rotator muscles. So it's kind of all of the muscles that exist within the pelvis. And that pelvis, if you guys think about your, your body, the, the hip bone that you feel all the way down to the pubic bone, um, just literally put your hands on your hips and it's everything below it. Right. Between that and your legs, <laughs> legs, basically simple, easy way to put it. And, and a lot of times we don't think about, you know, our organs, like our reproductive organs, they sit in this bowl. And just like all the other organs, there are muscles and tendons and think about your joints, you know, your muscles and your tendons and your ligaments, they're there to protect your joints. You have pelvic floor muscles that are there to protect and to help your organs. There are joints there too. (laughs) And joints there too, even your SI joints for chiropractors who are, you know, when people say that their hips are off, they're really not talking about their leg and the leg socket. They're talking about these things called the SI joints that are in your lower back. Right. Cause dramatic back problems. So I've, I've had a couple of clients recently, actually, I think it's because of COVID people have been really sitting around and, and, um, I've had a couple of clients lately come in that, that have had SI joint sort of, um, displacements and kind of stretching and moving the body to let the body settle back into a good spot has, um, has been something that I've done a lot recently. <laughs> when you say stretching and moving, what kind of exercises do you do with them? 
So we do a lot of rotational stretches in the pelvis, um, you know, kind of moving uh, the pelvis down and, and rotating it around so that the SI joint can kind of spread out. And then when that SI joint kind of creates just even a tiny little minute bit of space, it's able to then kind of settle back down into a better position and, and feel a little bit better. Some movement that we do, we can do some single leg movement in parallel and kind of find some, some differing resistance uh, to kind of help the muscles again, kind of allow the joint to, to sort of be a little bit stretched and then return back into a, maybe a better place for, for the client. Yeah. That SI joint, for those of you who are wondering where that is in your body, remember it's the joints in the back of your pelvis. If you would actually stick your hands back there, you could feel these like two bony structures sticking out of your lower back on both sides of your vertebrae. That's like the top of your SI joint. That's how mm -hmm. us chiropractors were taught how to find it. Um, find I always think about it. I always think about it like the two dimples that people have in the back. Those two dimples, if you point your fingers straight down at the floor from them, that's, that's your SI joint. As your SI joint. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the most important joints in the body, in my opinion, especially for us women. And 100%. pregnancy and the labor and delivery. I mean, that those suckers got to move. Yes. Get out of the way so they can we can have babies. Yes. Okay, let's jump in to three things you didn't know about your pelvic floor until now. I think we've kind of mentioned one of the things already. I think people don't realize that the pelvic floor is a lot more complex than just maybe this single layer thing at the base of our pelvis. First of all, the pelvic floor has three layers to the base of it. There's kind of the architecture layer way down at the bottom. Um, that's like the architecture of the vagina, the architecture of all of the sort of sphincters that are down there. And then there's a layer above that that's kind of fascia. And that fascia sort of speaks with all of the rest of the body and kind of helps to distribute force and movement through, through your pelvis, down your legs from maybe your arms or your torso. And then finally, the third layer kind of deeper into the body is actually where a lot of the muscles reside. And those muscles kind of create this sort of trampoline structure within the base of the pelvis. And that trampoline structure at the base of the pelvis, there's kind of two main muscle groups and we don't have to go into that, but that trampoline structure at the base of the pelvis kind of talks to and works with the diaphragm, which I think, I think is another thing that people don't really know about the pelvis is that the pelvic floor and the diaphragm kind of work together. So when you take a big deep breath in and your ribs spread apart and your diaphragm gets nice and big and taut and flat like a trampoline, so too does your pelvic floor. And when you exhale, your diaphragm kind of dives up into your rib cage pushing the air out of your lungs and your pelvic floor actually domes up slightly in response to what the diaphragm does. So that's another kind of thing that we don't know about the pelvic floor is that proper breathing and working on that kind of deep engaged breath can actually help move the pelvic floor and work the pelvic floor. And that's a really nice exercise to do, especially after birth, when everything is so tender and so disrupted that you just maybe only have time for breathing <laughs> as an exercise. And I think the last thing about the pelvic floor, and this is the thing that I think is the most important 
is that people don't realize that the pelvic floor forms a structure within the body or forms part of a structure within the body. And I think that this is the thing that I, I feel like I wish I knew about my body so long ago, but inside our bodies, we have this kind of cavity that's under pressure. So you can kind of imagine like a water balloon inside of a shoebox. And that water balloon kind of has all of that fluid inside of it. But if you take that shoebox and you press it evenly on all six sides of the box, at a certain point, you're going to be pressing in on the water balloon. And that pressure inward is going to equal the pressure outward. And it creates this really solid structure that in Pilates, we call the core. But in other, other types of exercise, um, they call bracing or... Um, Anyway, there's various different terms for it, but, but that, that solid hydrostatic skeleton or a skeleton that's created by water pressure helps to support the pelvis and spine. And when we don't have that, when our pelvic floor is weak, when the bottom of that shoebox is no longer able to support that water balloon, then when you squeeze the sides of the shoebox, either the water balloon is going to come out the bottom or there's going to be no solidity to that structure. And so that's when you can get disc slippage or SI joint slippage or all sorts of things. So that structure of the core that's supported by the pelvic floor is so important. And I think the last myth is that, you know, the pelvic floor really only is useful for having babies or having sex. And really what it is, is it's the bottom of this really important structure that holds your body together um, and, and helps to support your, your body as you move. And I think that people don't realize that they're using their, their pelvic floor all the time. And, and it's kind of a forgotten spot. I know in school, we touched maybe an hour out of all several hundred hours of school on pelvic right. floor. It's just not, yeah, it's not talked about even in the medical system. Yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting. I, I work with a lot of PTs and chiropractors and um, I get referrals a lot because there's a certain amount of knowledge that, that kind of is really only be, being able to, you can, you can really only share it by feeling it, you know, doing the exercises, guiding yourself through these exercises, and then starting to feel a more supportive core. And that's hard to do in a, in a physical therapy or chiropractic setting. It's much easier to do in a, in a Pilates studio like mine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So three things that we didn't know about our, our pelvic floor, it's complex. The pelvic floor and the diaphragm work together and it forms a structure really four things here. Plus it's useful for more things than having babies and sex. And it supports our bodies with movement, every movement. Yes. Yeah. And yet we sit here in these chairs. I mean, I've been standing up all day. This is the first time I sat down, but we sit in these chairs and it's just still. And we're always like in this contracted position with our, like when I lay down in bed at night, one of my favorite ways to sleep is on my stomach completely uh -huh. laid out because for the most part of the day it's crunched together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, when I first meet with a client who has had pelvic floor issues, one of the things that I talk to them about is, you know, you can actually 
like an hour in a Pilates studio can make a difference, but it's not going to make a super big difference compared to the movements and the positions that you put your body in every single day. Like your habits of movement are so important because it's those habits that form kind of the structure of your body. And I talk a lot in my work about functional functionality and form and how the way that we use our body, the habits that we have about our body really dictate the form that our body takes. So for example, if you're sitting in a chair and you're crunched over your computer, over time, you can start to develop rounded shoulders forward, uh, you know, a really tightness in the back of the cervical spine. And you end up with this kind of curvature in your thoracic spine that that you you did to yourself by that habit of curling over. Whereas if we had a different habit, a habit of you know lifting the sternum and pulling the chin back, then that form wouldn't wouldn't occur. You wouldn't find that habit. And sometimes I think that people have habits for such a long time that they end up um, developing injuries from those habits. And then you have to kind of work to get yourself out. And I think the pelvic floor is the same. We the way that we sit, we kind of sit very heavy into the pelvic floor. We allow our lumbar spine to be curved, our pelvis to be, you know, posteriorly tilted. And we got this kind of like heaviness sitting down into this pelvic floor that we're not engaging. Whereas if we sat up tall, we pushed our sits bones, our bottom kind of back into the chair and sat in sort of a more neutral position for the spine, then the pelvic floor would be would be a little bit more toned and a little bit more healthy because we're kind of using it in, in a way that it's meant to be used. Also standing and sitting down and standing up is a motion that uses your pelvic floor all the time. Like I sit down and stand up, oh my God, like a hundred times a day. <laughs> and so I feel like if I do it correctly, I'm getting work each time I stand up and I'm stretching each time I sit down. And so my pelvic floor gets a lot of movement all throughout the day. Those are the things that are going to kind of help to strengthen your pelvic floor as opposed to, you know, one day a week going to an exercise class. But <laughs> When you say you work with people who have pelvic floor conditions, like how do you even know you have a pelvic floor? Like how do you know you need work on your pelvic floor? Yeah. Well, oftentimes I'll get people who come to me with like lower back issues and I'm looking at sort of the strength and stability and how they move their bodies. And that's part of what clues me in to sort of knowing that they need some help in their pelvic floor. Sometimes I get clients where clearly there's been some sort of a trauma in the pelvis. And then that's, that's a pretty good indication. <laughs> that, Let's talk about one of these things that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. Incontinence. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's incontinence is kind of this thing. I, um, I remember when I had my older son, he's 16 now, but when I had him, I was shocked that I then developed incontinence. And I remember watching television and there was these commercials with women who had glasses of wine and they were laughing and, and I, and then it was a commercial for women's diapers. And I swear to God, those women were in their forties. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, like, this is me now. <laughs> and, and it really, first of all, the, situation, laughing and having a glass of wine. I mean, those are both kind of triggers for, for incontinence and bladder irritants. And so 
and then stress incontinence. So yeah, incontinence is something that I think that women struggle with. In fact, it's I have I have some data here that says two thirds of all women, um, all women have some form of incontinence, and one. I would say that number is higher just because people don't say, maybe don't talk about it. Yeah, they don't, they don't tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's like one third of all women have urinary leakage, and one tenth of all women have fecal leakage, according to the, um, oh, it says the Institute of Medicine in 2013. So this was a while ago, almost 10 years ago, but goodness, that's, that's like way too many women and it does not have to be that way. So yeah, we can work on, on incontinence by strengthening the pelvic floor muscles, both stress incontinence and urgency incontinence, which are kind of the two main types of incontinence, both have to do with how your muscles respond, whether they're either the strength or the tone of the muscles, the ability of the muscles to move, or the muscle's ability to respond to signals being sent from the brain. And all of that can be improved by exercise and working on the pelvic floor. I think that's a key point is recommending to people and suggesting now that you don't just have to wear a pad and you don't have to avoid those things that you love and, you know, cross your legs every time you go to laugh you can do action and take action and strengthen these pelvic floor muscles, which are going to support the reproductive organs, the urinary organs. Yeah. (laughs) The kidneys, the kidneys, the the bladder, the ureter. Yeah. For some reason that just, that system was left my mind, (laughs) which gives you, which gives us women power. Right. Well, that's, I guess that's kind of, that's kind of my little little platform here, I guess, is um, so I created a video because during COVID, so before COVID, I was giving workshops to women in my area and I was giving workshops to like tens, you know, I would bring in 20, 20 women or so to a, a forum and we would all get on the floor and do some exercises and it would be kind of, you know, a four hour sort of talking about the functional movement of the pelvic floor, the physiology and anatomy of the pelvic floor, and then how to go about working with this. And then COVID came and I couldn't do this anymore. And so I decided to create an online video that you can purchase on my website that talks about the same stuff, anatomy and physiology of the pelvic floor. Um, It gives you exercises. It talks about functional movement. And really that was kind of my way of advocating for women's health. So the video kind of is meant to kind of add to that because I think there's kind of a growing movement of women who are really interested in their pelvic floor and really interested in how they're going to support themselves after childbirth. But still, I think that messaging is all is all about childbirth. And really what it should be is, no, this is a muscle that that you need to maintain your core strength and you need to maintain your spinal sort of alignment and integrity. And you need this muscle to, to move, to run, to, to move your legs, to move your hips. So I think having women advocate for themselves and being able to understand the anatomy and the physiology of their pelvic floor, and then use that language, use the language of clinicians to go in and advocate for themselves. I think that levels up the the care that all women get. I love it. Take action. They can find that video in your course 
at stillpointmovement.com. Yeah. Share with us some of your client success stories. So people who come into you with XYZ problem and what happens? Well, one of my first clients was actually a man. He saw my, my workshop. I think his, his wife actually attended my workshop and he came to me, he was a policeman and he was on a call and um, he was trying to arrest a, a criminal and this criminal was high on drugs and attacked him and pushed him over. And he was in a stance that was, I think, one knee straight or one leg straight and one leg bent. And when he got pushed over, his pelvis shifted. And so he was having a lot of pain and uh, he was going to PTs and they were trying to help him. There was a, a, a sort of emphasis on of, um, tactile helping. And, and that really didn't work for him because anytime anybody tried to touch him, especially around the pelvis, he would, he would tense up. It was uncomfortable for him. Drama. Yeah, exactly. Trauma. And I think that that's something that um, pelvic floor PTs and practitioners and movement specialists come across a lot because the pelvis is a place where, where trauma occurs. Childbirth is sort of a physical type of trauma as well. But also I think that a lot of emotional trauma can be kind of held in the pelvis a little bit. And so he, he wasn't responding to any kind of PT treatment. So this PT referred that him to me and said, you know what, why don't you try this? It's movement, it's exercises, but there's like no, um, no manual therapy at all. And so he started coming to me, we started to move. It was slow at first. And then he finally started to make a lot of progress. And this was about, oh gosh, eight years ago. And he's no longer a client of mine because he he managed to kind of graduate. He moved on to sort of more traditional uh, exercise and more traditional gyms. And I was happy to see him go because he had just felt so much better about himself, so much more confident, so much more capable, and also not afraid to be able to sort of access the muscles in that area. So he was my first uh, patient or uh, client. And then um, since I've had quite a few, a lot of women after uh, childbirth, and for them, it's a lot of sort of strengthening or movement, really just trying to access those muscles. How does your brain make those muscles turn on and move after there's been all of this trauma in that area? I've had, I have a couple of clients who are hypermobile um, in all of their joints. And so just kind of adding a little bit of strength and integrity, their pelvises is kind of interesting. We do a lot of hip work and a lot of sort of engagement and lifting of the core. And then I have one client who um, was a, a barrel racer and she and her horse had a, had a big fall and an accident and she fell with one knee down and one foot down and kind of sheared her pelvis. And um, yeah, that was a bit more traumatic. She's still, she's still working, but she's so strong. She's just doing a fabulous job. Um, and she has some interesting tightness in, in her iliacus. And, and that's the muscle at the back of the pelvis that kind of um, works a lot with the back. And so she's got some back pain, some SI joint pain, and then some lower pelvic pain, um, that she's just working through. But anyway, it's been really interesting kind of working with a whole bunch of different range, a, a huge range of people. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> what about your, um, we mentioned that this one early on your Cirque du Soleil. 
Oh, right. Yeah. So I have a, I have a young woman. She was a gymnast and then she, she became a circus performer and she got a job at Cirque du Soleil. And during COVID it, it obviously kind of closed. And so she, she was no longer doing that. She wanted to stay active. She wanted to stay mobile and she wanted to actually increase her splits. And so We've been trying to splits. Yeah. So she has the splits, but she wants it to be a little bit uh, longer and lengthened and supportive because she found that she, she does um, these beautiful silks, these beautiful kind of the, the silk acrobatics up in the air. And she found that um, she didn't, she wanted her splits to be a little bit longer and she wanted um, to be a little bit more stable because every time she would do them, she would get a little bit of SI joint uh, shifting. And so right now I'm actually working both muscular and kind of trying to build up some, some fascia, some density in her pelvis so that I'm not going to tighten her muscles because that would not be good. (laughs) That's not the goal that she's going for. I don't want to bulk up her muscles, but I also want her pelvis to be a little bit more stable and kind of maintain that integrity even in those huge splits. And I mean, what I would say to her is please don't do those, except this is her job. So I can't say that. (laughs) All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, both of you, you can improve your pelvic floor. Go check out her course. Tell us a little bit about this course. So the course has three main parts. I've been doing the course in person, like I said, for about eight years. Now it's online. And the first part is, has some anatomy and physiology. It talks about the structure of the pelvic floor. And I just think it's really important to know that because again, then you can sort of speak the language of the clinicians and really advocate for yourself in your pelvic floor health. And then um, the second part of the course talks about common dysfunctions of the pelvic floor. So we talked about incontinence, but it talks about, um, prolapse, uh, diastasis recti, which we've heard about a little bit. And then the third part of the course talks about functional movements. Like, where do I go from here? Okay. I know I've got some information about the pelvic floor, but what is going to help me, um, in the long run and how, how is this working for me in my everyday life? Um, and then the course also includes 12 exercises that you can do every day. They're gentle exercises to help strengthen, and mobilize the pelvic floor and keep you healthy. And that course is available on as a video, but you can also just download the audio and take it with you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, when I created courses, I wish I would have knew this audio method existed, mm-hmm. but now I host a membership for patients and I host a mastermind for practitioners. Okay. And both of them have private podcasts, private audio feeds. Cause it's just so convenient, right? You can, you, I mean, you put it on your phone, anywhere. right? You put it on your phone, you're driving in the car. I think my 16 year old son would probably prefer that I didn't have or audio going on in the car when I pick him up from school or something. But other than that, I love it. Well, take care of yourself, ladies, go get, I mean, you don't even have to go get help. You can do this privately without anybody even knowing. Go grab the course, stillpointmovement.com. We'll put all the links in the show notes below. Join Greta on Instagram at still period with a little period movement. And uh, anything else we didn't cover? 
No, I'm just, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to talk about pelvic floor health and in a way that's more encompassing than just what we've heard about before. And I, I hope, I encourage women to find the, the knowledge, seek it out and advocate for themselves. Me too. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free. See you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to uplevel your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD Mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. Be back next week.